Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 157 of the Dave Damashek football program, available as always on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K. Hope you had a grand Memorial Day weekend. Let's talk about that and let's look ahead a little bit with my main man from NFL.com, seated to my immediate right. A lot going on in Southern California sports right now. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? How hey, are we? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Sure, sure. Not I see co- you're dressed up again. Dressed I appreciate up. that. Always, That's classy. Yes. I, you know what? I, this is one of the things, uh, one of my precepts. I never want to get so comfortable in life that I show up to a place of business dressed like you. Un- <laughs> untucked shirt. <laughs> that feels like a dig. It's not a dig. But. <laughs> so, uh, yes, yes, Rank. So how was your Memorial Day? What did you do? Did you enjoy some barbecue and such? I did. I uh, I performed at the Irvine Improv to a sold-out crowd Oh, yeah, Sunday. you mentioned that. Did David Spade David show? David Spade did not show. Uh, Kevin Farley did. Yeah. And uh, he, you know, Kevin Farley and I got, we have a lot in common because uh, he, he obviously has a very famous brother. Yeah. He, uh, Chris Farley, and then my famous brother, uh, Michael Jordan. So the, between the two of us, we had a lot to. Uh, I hope. I about. hope you. I hope that's the leftover that uh, that you didn't try and serve warm to the audience on Sunday night. No, <laughs> I usually go for jokes that work. So <laughs> that somebody, is not my standard. That was, I don't <laughs> hold myself to any such high standard. All right, and then also in here with us. From the Around the League Debate Club, one half of the uh, the debaters, because here at the NFL, we embrace debate. It's Dan Hanzoos. What's the poop with you, fella? Uh, what is the poop? Nothing much. Uh, things are great. I'm, I'm happy to be back on the show. It's been a couple of weeks. I saw you out there in the, uh, in the bars of Culver City boozing a little bit. Well, what in, the what? On Facebook, he posts pictures of them. I don't know if Kamish Goodell would... Uh, would embrace that. <laughs> no, it wasn't like I was in a drug den or something. You know, it was True. A, a pub on Main Street in Culver City. And also, let's say hello to the man seated behind the glass back where he belongs. It's Black Tie. What's happening, fellas? <laughs> going on guys he's out of the gate red hot Jeez, I, I gotta his, say this though i gotta his say silly this. drops and I, he can't hit one button at a time yes what do you have to say oh, there no. black tie i gotta producer? say this yeah the, uh shout out is making a comeback today there's Ooh. a lot of a lot of talk right now people are thinking it's a one-hit wonder like dito brock but it's making a comeback oh Ooh. that was a setup so i don't even know if you get the, the dieter brock drop <laughs> that's but so awful i'm gonna i'm gonna allow it i'm, I'm in good Why? spirits i'm Wait gonna because fine that was his written intro i know let let him have it. I Let him have it. it. He's so far behind in the race. Let I can him try see him to get reading it. off the page there. Yeah. He's no dignity in that one, Black Guy. No dignity. Shame on you for that. 
<laughs> like every time, he always embarrasses himself. You know what it's horse. like? I don't remember who the player was, but remember, and in case this is the first time you're ever listening, you're probably confused. We see who can name the former L.A. Rams QB, Dieter Brock. Only played one season in the NFL. We see who can name him first each episode. Black Tie gets the point on that one. But it's like the triple-double. Who was the guy who had the triple-double, and he got it by because he needed one more rebound, so he threw it off the backboard to himself and Ricky got the rebound? Ricky Davis. Ricky Davis, wow, yeah. good, ma- good memory. And they, and they took it away from him too. Did they really? Yeah, the NBA took it away good. from him. Good yeah, hope- justice. I, you know what? I hope. Uh, hope Karen does it as well. Yes. The, what uh, do you mean? It was. I'll tell you what. I'll be honest. Okay, I want to. We pull have back a scorekeeper out oh, there for, in the Twittersphere. So organic, it totally was. Did I think about it before the show? <laughs> yes. yes, but that is, that is not me. We always think about what we're going to talk about before the show. It's not my fault that it worked. All right, enough it's... about the Dieter Brock drop. Let's talk about 2013 sports, shall we? He's ruined it for me, like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's t- he's punched rank in the gut. I hope you're happy, Black Tie. All right, what are we? Go- we're going to talk with Michael Fabiano, the the dean. Let's start calling him the, the Hall of Famer. The Hall, Hall of Famer, Famer yes. Yeah. What did that what is the equivalent of that? We tried to figure that out. You get a gold jacket when you go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We tried to figure that out a few months ago. What does a fantasy football writer get? I think you make, you go- I think you make a uh, a jacket out of player rankings. Hmm. Yeah, what would that look like? I had a I had an idea. I can't recall what it was. Obviously it wasn't that good. Well, we'll ask him when he shows I'm, up. I'm curious because I believe he was, and Rank, you could correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he was inducted in Vegas, right? He was. What happens at that type of uh, post-induction party? Is well, it wild? Vegas or? is the place to be because that's where all the action is. And when a bunch of fantasy football writers <laughs> roll through the door, look out, ladies. They're <laughs> taking crazy. over the town, you know? So, um, all right, listen. Real quick, I don't mean this is an insult to you or Fabiano at all. Who? But me to, and Fabiano? Adam Rank, sorry. Right. But I've never met a fantasy football writer that didn't look or seem like a fantasy football writer. What the hell is that supposed to mean? It's like, it sort of makes sense. Like, oh, you're in a fantasy football. Well, Shots let me, fired. Let me tell you something. First Wait, of all, we've all contributed. Rank, myself, Well, you Elliot guys are not Harrison. really writers per se. You guys are on TV show. You guys are analysts. Well, I I was, if you'll let me finish what I was saying, <laughs> on NFL.com next Monday, I think, what day is that? The 3rd, I believe, of, J- of June, Michael Fabiano, what do I always say? He, he the, the thing he has over everybody, he works like nobody's business. He tasked all of us to meet his high standard and said, all right, you got to – I know it's Memorial Day. Now everybody write this, that, and the other for this massive draft kit. And I said, why are we doing it so early? And I really, you know what? Come June, that's when you start looking into that kind of stuff, if you're forward-thinking at least. So anyway, the NFL draft kit, the NFL.com draft kit fantasy will be out there for your perusal. In uh, in less than a week, and we're going to yap with Fabiano, the uh, the Hall of Famer, in just a bit here. In the meantime, Black Tie, how about you do a little bit of work? You had a great show about a fortnight ago. <laughs> then you took off a week, as usual. How about you get back on track? Let's try a blacklist. How about that? The blacklist. Black Tie reads current events. The blacklist. Damn the check and rank if they're coming. The blacklist. The blacklist. The Spurs made the NBA Finals this past weekend, obviously right. sweeping the Grizz. Actually, I'm more excited night. about the Pittsburgh Penguins advancing to the Stanley Cup Conference uh, Finals. That's you the you. Wales Conference. Guess who they'll be playing? The Boston Bruins. Guess how many times those two teams have played in the Conference Finals before? Twice. You know how many times the Pittsburgh Penguins won? Twice. Twice. You know how many Stanley Cups they won after beating the Bruins? Two. I like where we're headed. Continue. <laughs> cool story, bro. So... Spurs in the NBA Finals again. First time since 2007, but the fifth time in Tim Duncan's career. Obviously, he has a lot of people talking about the dynasty and you know, is what this means. Is this five finals for five. them? Five, yes. Four and oh so far. I, keep, I always think of the Spurs as having won three titles, so this would be their fifth crown. Mm-hmm. So their The fifth. last win was against LeBron and his Cavs in... Oh seven, and they've Wait, never what? lost, huh? Never lost. No. They've never lost, but it's been six years. I know it feels like a little bit of a reach to say dynasty if it's been six years since you've made a finals run. But then again, the real standard is to me, you know, is the coach or is it at least a disciple of that coach? I sort of feel like the Niners dynasty extends a little bit because Seifert takes over for Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh, he was on Walsh's staff. 
But this uh, and Tim Duncan is a uh, and 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 Manu and Tony Parker have been there for the bulk of those title runs. So I guess yeah, it counts as a dynasty. I think I think a good way to look at it too, because I look at it, the Patriots at this point they haven't won in what ten years now. But it might not be a dynasty, but it's an era. Uh, totally. So you got the Brady Belichick era to call it the dynasty. Is well, a we're bit parsing of a words though. Dynasty versus era. I'm just saying, dynasty is very strong. I don't think I don't think the Spurs are in the midst of a dynasty, but in this Duncan era, they have been great. It's a great way to kind of uh, put it all in perspective what they've done during this period. Yeah, dynasty sort of implies some sort of royalty, like it's you know the standard, the gold standard, and they've definitely been a standard so far. I mean, they're, Wait they're a consistent, but they're not. They haven't won in o- since '07. I feel the same way about the Pats. I ever, oh, you guys know about the Patriots? It's the Patriots way, and then they always they come up short. I well, I declared the Patriots dynasty dead. I don't know if you were listening to that podcast, Black Tie, but I did. When they finally lost to the Ravens this year, I said that's it. One, whatever they do from this point forward, dynasty is not the right word for what that for what that team has going on. Well, this is ridiculous because if you start in 2000, we'll throw out 99 because 99 doesn't count. So that Spurs team, that, that I don't understand. Matter. You, no, did. It's, it doesn't matter. No, Phil Jackson said it deserves an asterisk, so it's out. So you start at 2000. I, what do I care? What Phil Jackson says is all of a sudden gold. Yeah, Everything yes. he thinks you know, is, yes. is the most the greatest, yeah, coach. You know what the Phil, greatest coach in NBA history. You know what history. Phil Jackson also said? They said the other day he said that if they were start if he were starting a franchise, who's the one player in history he would want? You know who he said? Who do you say? Bill Russell. Shame on you for that. <laughs> Bill Russell. Ridiculous. Bill Russell is the, is the one player he'd want on his team. And by the Since. way, if we hook him up to a lie detector, there's no way Phil Jackson passes that lie detector. He's promoting a book. That's all it is. Well, and, makes, needs you know, to make news. But, the, okay, the Spurs aren't winning the title, so let's... I don't know, man, but all right. They're not winning. And so the Lakers have won five titles since 2000. The Spurs have won three. Like, I, how are they? They're not even better than the Lakers of this generation. Well, that's the interesting point. That is not true. Is that there's been discussion. I, you know, Mike Greenberg of ESPN said a couple days ago that if the Spurs get to the finals, which obviously they now have, if they just get to the finals, that you have to consider them the second greatest dynasty in NBA history, no, which to me... No, no, because if you count that... Well, of course not! It's a ridiculous thing not, to say. They're not better than the Lakers of this year, because then you add two more finals appearances for the Lakers when we lost to the Celtics and we lost Hold to on. the Pistons. That's the one that maybe is is even... I, I think you're right, but even that's, not, that's pretty far down on the list. Here's the list it goes like this the 60s celtics but you know again talk about an asterisk they didn't have a whole lot of competition the no. celtics so but they're interesting but that's an air and they dominated it um but to me maybe the greatest dynasty is the lakers of the 80s because because they win five in eight years and they do it at a time when the uh, another titanic team named the boston boston celtics would have been the dynasty I have. Um, well, they uh, also they went up against the Sixers, right? They also went up against the Pistons. They lost like, to the Sixers team. once, beat they the beat Sixers them. once, right? But they won and lost to them, right? Didn't that wasn't that back to back years? Even either way, yeah, they beat them in eighty in in Magic's rookie season. Yes. They beat the they beat the Sixers and then in what was that eighty two when the Sixers beat FYI this is riveting the Lakers stuff in the for your uh, for your you know younger audience your younger NFL audience right now <laughs> I know listen cool story you know what <laughs> they need to learn that's a, a shame on them if they don't know about it and it's time for them to open a book or or just li- you know what they could it could be could be clinical and boring instead they get to hear our golden voices discuss it bring it to life. <laughs> Hanzus, how say you on all this? Are you an NBA guy? I have no I idea. Am. I am an NBA guy. I think, uh, to get back to the, the, the core statement by Black Tie, if the Spurs somehow beat the Heat, they're an absolute uh, all-time team that sure. is right up with all these other teams you're referencing. Wait, wh- who all-time teams. Well, uh, not, you know what? I not... didn't complete the list, by the way. 80s, 80s Lakers. I think the Boston Celtics of the 80s deserve – they're in the discussion at least because sort of like – the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys of the 70s or the Raiders of the 70s, if it weren't for the Pittsburgh Steelers, those two teams would be held in much higher regard. And as it is, the Dallas Cowboys rank among the great dynasties in NFL history. They just got knocked off by someone better. The Celtics are the same sort of thing. Um, but the how about Jordan's Bulls of the 90s? Are we not going to count that team ahead? Of the, no, well, certainly yeah. ahead you know of the Spurs. What? I take that back. I think Jordan's Bulls oh, was that six titles in uh, seven eight years. years. He, eight years. Eight years. Well, I, I if you want to throw out a season, you throw out his comeback season. 
And then it was, did he ever lose? Did what he ever lose? Throw it out. No, I've, I, I've said this on this podcast. I've said it many times before. I've talked with a bunch of Bulls fans who even will concede this. Had, in fact, we, we talked with Matt Money Smith about it, uh, too, uh, when he was in here. Um, and he's a basketball wonk, but he, he disagreed with this assertion. Had Michael Jordan been on that Bulls team and they had played Akeem's Rockets, who won the title, beat the, beat the Knicks, they would have, uh, the, the, that, uh, Akeem would have beaten them. They wouldn't have been able to handle Akeem. That, that is, they're three headed monsters. But you do realize they, the Knicks played them to seven games, right? It was a seven game series. That and the Knicks, Knicks were, that weren't Knicks really team, that good. No, that, that Knicks, Knicks team, team. Yeah, that they Knicks were good, team. but they were not, they were, that they, Knicks they, team, they always got beat that by that the Knicks Bulls team easily. was not jive. If you follow my NFL analogy of the 70s, the Steelers are the best team. They're the Lakers of the 80s. The, uh, Celtics of the 80s are the Cowboys. The, uh, the Raiders are the are the are that are, are the weak sister there. I will say now I'm getting confused with my, all my all my analogies. I guess like the Sixers would be. Is that where I'm confused with my own analogies now. <laughs> no, I see, I see, I hope the kids can follow along here. That's but good yeah, for them. the oh yeah, the Knicks. That's what it was. The '90s analogy. Yes, they are the Knicks are like the Raiders of the '70s to the Steelers. They were playing the Bulls. They they ran into a buzzsaw. They just happened to have their best teams since the early '70s when the Bulls were had Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Yeah, but they, but Akeem would have handled that three head, would have dominated their the Bulls three headed monster, which would no they, that's not even true yeah Luke, at all. Long, how, Luke how, Longley would have Luke Longley would have checked them pretty I good would have slowed down was the greatest Luke, was Luke on a team in ninety four the greatest offensive center since arguably since Wilt Chamberlain or or up there with a young Lou Alcindor most skilled by far also in Nigeria. he was dynamite. Well, now you're having it both ways. So, wait, you want to praise Akeem but say that Luke Longley would have slowed him down? No, I actually don't love Akeem that much. He didn't actually come back home and help out younger players, but that's a different topic. That's, that has, I, I, I appreciate where you're coming from, but that's neither here nor there. He actually played for about. Team USA, but that's a different question. Did he really? Topic. He did. When? The second ninety six. Really? Yep. I don't. I, I choose not to acknowledge that one. I, they should have stopped at 92. Prove a point to the world. We easily have the best basketball players. Now we're going to send our collegiate players, a.k.a. our JV, and they'll win the gold medal most, uh, you know, nine times out of ten. One more random Hakeem tidbit. My dad helped him get get out of the country when he first left. Is that right? Yep. That's neat. Full circle. But why don't we get Akeem? Why don't we have Akeem on the podcast then? That was a big shot now. Why don't we complete the circle? So he didn't go back to his native land, but he came into Studio 66 instead. It's a nice story. We'd put a nice button, uh, put a little button awesome. on, on uh, your experience. That's with your to-do list. I, uh, am I... And uh, Bill Burr, and uh, <laughs> who else are we waiting for that we'll never get? Um, oh, uh, Henry's friend that's on The Walking Dead. What about? Oh, yeah, we got to get that one. Yeah, the Rick. Yeah, Rick. Rick, I got my own people to worry about. I'm gonna, a, my daughter got stabbed through the eye by Michonne. That's I'm pretty, angry now. It's getting better. It's really good. It is. It's, it's really good. very it's good. Thank you. Thank you very good. I'm, uh, thank you very much. I'm also getting <laughs> caught up. I just completed season three of Breaking Bad. Damashek, Damashek. His best friend is his TV set. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I, I have a long you know, way to go. Can I say that it, it's not grabbing me? How far into it? Six episodes. Stick with it for yeah. a little bit further. You just yeah. need to get over that hump of the first season okay. when uh, Walter White finds out when he has cancer. It's much more focused on his health issues once it once it kicks into high gear. That, that's a very popular sentiment, Rank. A lot of people are like, I don't get it. I'm, I don't see what people are so excited about. Stick with it, Rank. And then okay. all, they're all in by season Hear me four. now. Believe me later. All right. All I'm right. So what, so what is all this amounting to here, Black Tie, that, that uh, the Spurs are at best, what, the fourth or fifth Greatest NBA no dynasty not, they, era. They're not, they're not even the best. Of the, they've they've never won back to back titles. The Lakers won three in a row. Came back with two in a row. They went to seven finals since. Fine, fine, fine. The Lakers are in. Stretch. The Lakers are in. Yeah, they're definitely ahead of the Spurs. Sixty Celtics. Spur, I mean, uh, Lakers of the 80s. 90s Bulls. 90s Bulls, who I think are a little bit overrated. If they had had to play Magic's Lakers, or for that matter, Bird's Celtics. The same Lakers team he beat in 91? (laughs) That's not the same team. That's ridiculous. what I mean. Uh, Magic had the bug, by the way. I mean, you're talking about teams of 72 and 10? I mean, I don't, Magic's I don't see how that team with, is Magic is old and playing with the plus, and Vladi Divac is yes. their center, not Kareem. Goodness gracious. I mean, c- come on, Black Tie. Don't be silly. You're now just you're trying sh- to make trouble. Can <laughs> yeah, we move on to the hey, next you know topic? You know gotta, I'm not ready to move on Jordan, to the next topic. Jordan was a rookie in what, 83 or yeah, 84? 84. 84. So he, he played for a long time. What, where, was, where was his teams then? 
Hey, they lost to the Pistons a couple of years before All they right. made it through. Pistons I, I'm won, just, and those Pistons teams won the title. Like Now listen, those Bulls teams are better than D- Duncan's Spurs, though. That's the point. That's the point I'm making oh, yeah. here. This is blasphemy. I and can't, what about I can't but what, now the one that, now Hanzoos, you break the tie. Is yeah. that is so we've named those what do you say, two thousand Lakers, Shaq's mm. and young Kobe's and I guess it is that that's crossing tooth. Oh no, because it's Phil Jackson still. So what do you think? So that so five titles in seven years is that what the Lakers did? Went to the finals another year. Five. Some, to say, uh, well, from two thousand to two thousand ten, five titles, seven finals appearances. The only thing I would say that's be, better than the Spurs, obviously, yeah, empirically. You, you're bringing up who were the, the competition at the time when you're bringing up the Bulls. I mean, I thought that Lakers team was dominant in the early 2000s, but they're beating, like, crummy Nets teams, and they didn't have a ton of the, – those they Portland were, the teams East, were very good. The but. East was atrocious. That's what you have to right. – well, that, but, but the West was – I mean, in, in terms of – I'm not saying – In that, our lives, in our lives, there has – I mean, there's never been such a dominant conference, and I know that for, what was that, 11 years or whatever it was, the NFC won the Super Bowl every year, but it didn't feel that tilted every year. It didn't feel mm-hmm. like the one, the conference was – the AFC was complete garbage every year. The, the, the East in the NBA – was abject junk yeah. for for a decade, right? Mm-hmm. But but the other side of that is is that the West was loaded. There were legitimately good it's teams, fair. even missing the playoffs then. So all right, and by the way, the Spurs are playing in that era too. So that so if we're talking about this, so which one is better, Spurs of the two thousands or the Lakers of the? 2000s? Well, I think the, if they played at the height of their powers, I think the Lakers probably win. Uh, which just gets me, even as a Knicks fan, not a Lakers fan. Just, and they did play, and the Lakers beat them. Right, okay. But it gets me mad that the Lakers couldn't find a way to keep that team together for a couple more years. As If I was a Lakers fan, that would I would never get over that. Disappointing. Yeah. All right. What well, you want to move on there, Black Tie? What are you so anxious about, fella? We got to get to it. We got Fabiano coming here in a quick second. All Zeus right. is cannot. I, I get it, but I wanted to also I, – I thought, I thought this would be a good place for us to rank NFL dynasties. You want to do that at some other point then? Yeah, let's do that at some other point, shall uh, we? Let's do that because I have some thoughts on that, and you'll be surprised sh- by my answer. I'm sure you do. <laughs> oh, wait a second. No, you won't be surprised by my answer. Last blacklist question. But it will be fun to rank them out. Last blast question for the shout-out, making a return once again. Really quick, which <laughs> – that's Which true. news tidbit? <laughs> we, get we could either carry gotta, on our, our uh, a conversation I find interesting, or we could see control th- once again. Think, the I don't think the people will be happy about that. I'm All just right, saying. go ahead. We I'm have Fabiano saying. coming in, so we'll skip the shout out to next week. Go which uh, which news story that's been out recently? You know, catches your attention more? Jets OC saying Mark Sanchez accuracy is quote unquote sky high. RG three saying he's comfortable playing in Week One, even if he doesn't play in preseason, or. The NFL draft being moved to late, well, early May. Now, as that was announced today, May eighth through tenth. Lastly, Jamarcus that, that Russell. one I will tell you this that that interests me on a personal level because presumably Rank and Hans Zeus and I will be headed back off to Manhattan next year. But now it gets pushed by a month, and that should be better for us because the weather will be nice and. Mm-hmm. All right, I got one there. more. Jamarcus oh. Russell apparently dropped fifty pounds. Still trying to make that NFL comeback. Mm-hmm. Thoughts. Well, listen, I feel like I know the he's a, a fun guy to to make jokes about, but he does have a cannon for an arm. And, and in this day and age, I feel like this people that this stuff about the uh, the ambiguous stuff that you can't really quantify about, like makeup and all that kind of stuff. Those things, like I say, are hard to, to really Put your finger on. But the fact is, Joe Flacco, for all this stuff, he's not a winner. Is he a winner? Is he elite? What he is, is he has a huge arm. And that's that was what ruled the day during that January playoff run last year. So I know that Jamarcus Russell isn't uh, Joe Flacco, but it's a good place to start. And in a league where so many guys, where so many teams are desperate to have a QB, you just mentioned Mark Sanchez being in the mix on one of them. I, I think Jamarcus Russell deserves another crack. The guy who I've said really, really deserves another crack, Vince Young. So, I, yeah, so I, 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 he's another guy who has gone on nice winning streaks and all that. He didn't look great with the Eagles, but all right. I think somebody could uh, take a shot on a guy like this. Hansus, how say you? Well, I should mention on the Around the League vlog, anytime we do a story on Jamarcus Russell, it, it does very well. And I think uh, in terms of both readership and the comment section, I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, not too often do you have somebody that was a number one overall pick be an underdog story. And that's what this has become now, hmm. this guy that – 
he basically ate himself out of the league and poor discipline both physically and mentally. And now he's trying to get it back. And he, it's not like he's coming back from a serious shoulder injury or he blew out his knee horribly. Guy just got fat and lost. Well, his no, it was more than that too. It was also what was the stuff? The purple drank? Is that the? Was that? Was that yeah, that's true. That's I'm boiling it down a little bit too much. But you're right. But he basically lack of discipline and some other issues took him out of the league. There's no reason physically why he can't. Be good. I mean, it's it's. I know. Well, it's a- listen. The fa- here here's the other thing. I'm not trying to have it both ways. The knock on him was, was aside from all the purple drank and wasn't working hard enough and got fat, is his ability to ultimately command an NFL playbook. So I, you know, I I, I don't know whether right. or not that's true. How much one would need to simplify it for Jamarcus Russell? Um, but yeah, like I say, just in general, we talk about it all the time. It started. A few months ago, when we were talking draft analysis, what you know, why isn't why why aren't people moving heaven and earth to get a, to take a shot at Ryan Mallett? Isn't there a place for Colt McCoy? The way offenses are running now, why aren't teams trying to get Colt McCoy not just as a, a fail safe, but as a potential starter for their team? Vince Young, like I say, these guys, I, I, it's it shocks me. It's incongruous that these teams are falling all over themselves to get some QBs out of the draft instead of giving an, a second shot to to uh, one of these guys that's had at least limited success in the NFL rank. Yeah, Vince Young, though, but it, that yeah. seems the goofiest because he's led a team to the playoffs or at least done very well in the NFL. Jamarcus Russell, we have no we have no reason to believe that he's going to be able to turn it around. I guess it, so. it was, he looked like, like junk. Yeah, he really was, was bad. But It was one big game against uh, Notre Dame in the Sugar Bowl, and it, it's one of those things where you wondered, like, if it wasn't the Raiders who took a chance on him, was was any were other teams lining up to give this guy a shot? Was would he have stayed in the first round? That kind of business going on. So I don't know. It, it remind you know it kind of reminds me of Tony Mandrich when he came like he somehow came back. He rallied and he played for the Colts and was somewhat serviceable for a couple of years. But so maybe he can come in and, and Russell can sit on a roster somewhere. But I, I don't see him. Ever he also playing. he also had one of the great uh, scouting combines of all time. So it was beyond just, you know, it was college exploits. People fell in love with him based on those physical tools, which could still be there. Um, all right. Black tie. Is that the end of the blacklist then? That is. Are you going to do your shout out? Because I see who just walked in the door. He just uh, walked the man in. we yeah, were kibitzing about him a moment ago. Yep. He's Mr. Michael Fabiano, the Hall of Famer. He's getting ready. And in the meantime, I'm ready so to do a shout out. Let's okay, do it. Let's do bring your shout out. Oh, no, we should want Fabiano. Don't, don't We're you, running. We got to be. It's tight forty. I know, but you apparently, Rank, you haven't been paying attention. Slowly, this show, uh, this show is is no longer the Dave Damashek football program. <laughs> it is becoming the Black Tie Show. Oh, okay. We're all just participants in here, doing his bidding. He is the puppet master. All right, go ahead there, Black Tie. Give us your shout out in case you've never heard these before. He gives a shout out to professions, not individuals who he knows or has even encountered, just people who have jobs that he appreciates because it seems like it would be hard to do. It's time for Black Tie shout outs. I like to give a shout out to. Put a shout out to. I just want to give a shout out to you. All right, guys, shout out this Why does week. everything Black Tie does have, have music associated? All right, just go ahead and do it. I'm a music kind of guy. I got, yes. As you guys know, I got in the studio with, you know, Dick Banks, <laughs> and uh, we went to work and came up with that. Either way, shout, shout out. out this week. As you guys heard, Justin Bieber, NFL News with Keyshawn Johnson, Eric Dickinson, all be mad at him for his apparently just speeding through with his Ferrari. Apparently, Keyshawn Johnson and Justin Bieber are neighbors. Does that, does that seem weird to anybody else that... I didn't think Keyshawn was Calabasas like is a, is a, a suburb, a northern suburb up by the ocean near Laguna. For um, no, not by Laguna, by uh, Oxnard or whatever. right, 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 or a Santa of, Barbara kind of area. But a lot of people like uh, rich, rich people. That's a rich I'm, people area. I know. I, just, I didn't think Keyshawn was. No, on I that think level. money money is the is there is the common theme. You know what there. I'm saying I didn't Will think Smith Keyshawn lives was up on there. that level. I'm just I'm just you don't think Keyshawn Johnson's rich? He's a not, big, he's a best selling author. <laughs> oh Plus, he gosh. he invested in all those pay or not payways Panera Breads when they yeah. started. He did. Oh, that's yeah. right. He's really yeah, 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 Either way, Justin Bieber. It's been a long time since Bieber fever was raining. Since Twitter made <laughs> changed their rules for uh, trending topics just based on Justin Bieber. So my shout out this week goes to his P- his handlers, his PR people, the people that have to deal with him on a daily basis, have to put up with his antics, put up with all this diva ness that he's showing off lately. Because I mean, mm-hmm. I know he's growing up and he wants to act all grown, but that must be tough. Man, you know, as 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 people that work in NFL, we see players come through with the PR folks, the handlers. 
and it's a very odd relationship. Well, not odd. It's an interesting dynamic how they deal with them. It's you have to be on one hand, you have to be a yes man. On the other hand, you have to deal with people trying to get their time. It's tough. So my shout out goes to those to those people because that's that's a tough job to do. I give a shout out. I'd like that's fine. I'd like to give a shout. You know, he has a monkey. That that, that is true. He has, he has a, a monkey. pet monkey. And I can't remember another celebrity since Michael Jackson having a monkey. He had a monkey, right? Didn't he yeah. have a monkey for a while? Oh, and then also on Friends, they had a monkey. Marcel. Marcel. Marcel the monkey, yeah. I, I don't know what size Justin Bieber's monkey is, if it's like chimpanzee or that smaller kind. Didn't he leave Organ him in grinder. Be- Yeah, didn't he leave the monkey in Belgium or something? Something He's like that. He's confiscated. Oh, really? And I don't know about that. Him. You know, but yeah. I, it does remind me. You know who I want to shout out to? Remember all those little piglets? That all the celebrity girls wanted. That a lot of girls got pigs about a decade ago as a pet instead of a dog. Right. And then also George Clooney had one. What happened to all those pigs? We don't see that anymore. But just because the fad went away doesn't mean the pigs did, unless they went into someone's belly. I was going to say. You understand? Oh, I don't yeah. understand what happened to those poor pigs. By the way, breaking news: uh, Justin Bieber's monkey to settle in German wildlife park. It's good. Thank God. I like that. I like that. That thing had no chance otherwise. Great shout out there, Black Tie. All right, let's get back to football. Was it, Hands, so it go was ahead. the Justin Bieber's monkey. Was the shout out? What? I wasn't paying attention. What was it? <laughs> the, you can recap his, it. You didn't miss people, much. His okay. I would say, I'd, say, I'd say go back and listen to it, but nah. nah. Yeah, your life like, is short. Like like the rest of our listeners, I'm fast forwarding through that part. Black tie, I like that. <laughs> could we could we Thank have a little? Answers. We should have a clip so where people would be like, "Hey, you just need to go to the you know 36 minute mark because my shout out will be over." That's interesting. Yeah, maybe we should start doing that. A table of contents. All right, Hanzu, scram, fella. Yeah. NFL news doesn't stop for any man. Get down there. Get on your uh, on your computer and and start making with the pages there. I will. Thank you for as having always me, guys. with the mirth he makes with. Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal and Chris Wessling now in the house. Everybody there around the league on NFL.com. They keep you up to speed on everything going on. And then, of course, uh, in the second podcast we do each week, the Debate Club, Sessler and Hansus. They had a good episode uh, last week. I encourage you to go back and listen to that one. Yes, uh, their rank. No, I was going to say, even when the NFL news runs out, they Mm -hmm. just make things up. (laughs) All right, now. Here's what this would seem like the one of the very few dead periods on the calendar for the NFL. The draft is over. Free agency is winding down, save a a precious few names. Nothing really will happen now until training camp and then the Hall of Fame game, and then it'll kick into high gear. But that doesn't stop this one who just walked into Studio 66. He's now a Hall of Famer for his deeds on the computer and elsewhere when it comes to fantasy football. No one better, and like I say, no one harder working. It's Michael Fabiano. What's the poop, fella? What's going on, boys? Well, nothing, really. We're talking. There's not much going on, but I said Fantasy is going on. Well, I said... Let's talk about this, though. What? The Hall of Fame post-party, because we were talking about this before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened? How many many windows were broken? Uh, How many arrests were made? And, uh, you know, what other kind of uh, debauchery happened after the Hall of Fame ceremony? In Vegas. I was in bed at 10. (laughs) (laughs) Make something up. That's the truth. All right. Now, listen. Here's the truth. I I, don't party. I mentioned this. I mentioned this um, at the top of the show. You tasked all of us. You said, come up with some pages about fantasy football for the big NFL.com draft kit 2013. I said, why? It's so early. And then I realized summertime, that's when you start putting, uh, getting your ducks in a row for this. You have any over, before we start digging into, uh, in, into some stuff, what are Fabiano's big tips for 2013 as you start to prepare yourself mentally? The first one uh, is avoid those quarterbacks early. And a lot of people are going to disagree with me, but I've already done a couple of drafts. We did a draft already that's going to be in the draft kit. Uh, on NFL.com, there are so many good quarterbacks out there. I was in a draft two weeks ago. Robert Griffin III drafted in the ninth round, hmm. which is ridiculous. Hmm. Uh, I got Matt Ryan in the eighth or ninth round. Tony Romo is still going to be available at that spot. Adam Rank got Cam Newton in round six. In the draft that I was speaking about earlier, Aaron Rodgers 
round five. Well, first I, quarterback to come off the board. It, it's there's interesting. So many that good ones. It's sort of like um, when there's too much of anything. Gold is precious because there's not a lot of it, you know. And stones are worth nothing because there are a ton of stones out there. Sure. So they're they're two. It's a quarterback league. So you figure. So it's easy to do the math. It seems counterintuitive. It's a quarterback league. I need to get a good quarterback. No, 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 because you're not an NFL team. You're a fantasy player. There are all sorts of options out there. There are 32 NFL teams. You can trust that at least 15 of them have a capable quarterback. Wait it out. Now, what is the gold? What is the rare commodity in 2013? It's the running backs, eh? Yes, absolutely. Uh, There's going to be leagues out there where I can see the first 10 picks are running backs. The first 12 picks are running backs. If it's me, and I don't like to draft wide receivers in the first round, but I think Calvin Johnson should be the only non-running back taken in the first round this year. You've got so many good let, ones. Let me stop you with that before, sure. before we go into running backs, because I agree now. You and I actually uh, park our cars in the same garage on that. We, we our, our our ebb and flow of affection for QBs has mirrored uh, has been mirrored. Mm-hmm. You and I, uh, three years ago when we started doing the fantasy football show, I remember that that was, you know, obviously your stuff is credible and comes with uh, fact. uh, Mine comes from what I think in my head happens and whether or not that's reality. From the gut. Yes, from the gut. But the thing that we agreed on, all right, you go running back in the first round or two maybe, and then you get the QB. Then you and I change. Now it's time. Now quarterbacks are so good. There's certain guys that are putting up such astronomical numbers. You've got to get one, like Aaron Rodgers in the first round if he's sitting there. Now it's swung back the other way. Yep. It's back to the running backs. But like you said, there are a couple of exceptions to the rule. Let's say you're in a 12-team league and you're doing a traditional draft. That I think Calvin Johnson, you you got to take running back. But I think that Calvin Johnson, and I think you also have to think about, what about these names? Well, wait. First of all, A.J. Green. Mm-hmm. Well, go ahead, Rank. What do you have no, to say? No, Calvin Johnson had close to 2,000 yards last year receiving. The, right. Is he going to do that again? No, but he should score more than five touchdowns. Well, no, no, no. You can't assume that. So he's going to Oh, I can. Up. No, you can't. So Sure. Why five he, touchdowns? If you're, you're assuming he's not going to hit 2K in, in yardage, why can't I, Fabiano I, assume he'll boost he, his touchdowns? I'd say this real quick on Calvin Johnson because we always did this on the fantasy show. We, the producers, always had a little tidbit of how Calvin Johnson had like eight catches at the one-yard line. Like he had a ton of catches yep. where he got stopped at the one-yard line. You can't count on that happening again. He'll he'll score at least eight this season, at least eight. Um, what about? But is that going to make up for the forty points that he loses on his receiving yards? Oh, he's not going to have the same totals from a fantasy perspective as he did last year because nineteen hundred plus yards—that's one hundred ninety fantasy points right there. Even if he decreases Adams, say by four hundred yards, and and drops about forty fantasy points, if he increases his touchdowns even just by three or four. That's an additional 20 points. Still less than what he did last year, uh, but still pretty darn good. Run off the names for me that rank ahead of Calvin Johnson. If you're drafting in the first round, we, you go. We, obviously, Peterson's going to be everybody's first Pete, overall well, pick, right? I've got Arian Foster as number one. Really? We can talk about that. Wow. Peterson at two. You're going to have guys like Doug Martin, Marshawn Lynch, LaShawn McCoy, Trent Richardson, uh, CJ Spiller. Dad, let me interrupt you. See, that's where I get. I'm, I'm starting to think I'm, I might do something wild this year. Calvin mm-hmm. Johnson maybe jumps some of those guys. Trent Richardson on a team that is dicey, uh, and, and, and he, he was ninth in fantasy points among running backs last season. Let me. Can I tell you something? And please? now he's got Norville there. May I tell you something, please? Well, yeah, Ryan Matthews really thrived with that's uh, the Norv. one running back that failed under Norv Turner. All right, let me just tell you something. The, the the counter to that is that last year I kept saying the Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers sound scary. Oh, you got to play that defense? Uh-oh, don't start your running back in fantasy against those defenses. But the fact is, if you were paying attention, like I always say, they're brand-name defenses. They weren't yep. good last year. They nope. were just riding on. Ravens were not good They were the fine, run. right? The Steelers had their moments, but uh, ultimately weren't a shutdown defense either. And the Cincinnati Bengals have probably the best defense out of the out of the whole division there. Now, and the Steelers are going to bounce back defensively a little bit. The Ravens look better up front in their front seven than they did a, a year ago, I would say. So I don't think the Cleveland Browns are going to be making a lot of hay on the ground. That's six games right there. So that's one guy. Trent right, Richardson, I think, is is being a little overvalued. No, valued I, I right don't now. think so at all. I, I think he's a featured back. This is a guy who had 
I believe it was 702 offensive snaps. He is the main man. And if you look at North Turner's resume, Sands, Ryan Matthews, who burned me and a heck of a lot of other fantasy owners over the last couple of years, the running backs that he's had in his stable have all produced. I'm not going to mention Emmett Smith or LaDainian Tomlinson as being all about North Turner's offense because those guys are just right. sick good. But Lamont Jordan, best fantasy season under North Turner. Ricky Williams, best fantasy season under North Turner. Frank Gore, best fantasy season under North Turner. And he has had, on five different occasions, a running back in his offense lead the National Football League in rushing yards. And I'm telling you right now, if Trent Richardson stays healthy, he's going to be a top five running back in terms of mm. rushing yards and possibly even fantasy points. So he's replacing he Ray Rice. That good. So you're he's because you go Foster Peterson. No, Ray Rice is right up there. He's oh, in the yeah. top five. Richardson's at number seven right now. And so, how early think, do you go, Calvin Johnson, in the first? I round? I won't draft Calvin Johnson in the first round unless I have say ten and eleven or twelve and thirteen. Then it doesn't matter who I'm taking because uh, I'm getting back to back picks. I don't like taking a wide receiver in the first round, but I would say he would go. Ahead of an Alfred Morris, for example. Here's something I've observed, as I, because uh, you know I contributed to this fantasy kit as well. In fact, hey, I continue to work through it. You continue to work on it. I'm working through it. I'm doing it at my own pace. That's how I do it. This you know, thing's I, going live soon. All right, it'll be ready Quick to go when pace. it's time for it to be out there. It'll be done. Now listen. Yeah. I've been doing I because you know what? It's hard for me to figure out. Fabiano dishes out these assignments. We need ten names of sleepers. Then he need we need ten names of deep sleepers, and we need 10 names of bargains. And it's confusing on my brain, so I have to parse through <laughs> all that language before yeah. I can even start to put names into these categories. Now, what, though, the guy to me, again, back to the the metaphor of gold versus stones, mm-hmm. the, the, the position that seems like it's hard to really um, determine how many dependably productive guys there are tight end you go through the wide receivers if you do a mock draft and like we did last week you do a mock draft you realize when you're looking for your third receiver there's good they're going to be good players there like kenny Britt is a viable third he's going to be there danny amendola is there as a third receiver it's like those guys put up too good of numbers for them to be available there's too many good there's a ton of good receiving options i don't love greg jennings this year i've had two drafts one draft, I got him as a three, and the mm. other draft, I got him as a four. That's Greg exactly Jennings. that. Exactly. Now, that, the other side of that, though, tight end, because Gronkowski now, question mark. Keith Miller, who was, what was he, top five or six last year, yep. statistically, yep. he's got the knee injury. We don't know what's going to be with him. Mm-hmm. I, the big one, really, though, is Gronk. I don't know what's going to be with him. He's been so dominant. Who knows what he's going to be? That leaves for me. Tony Gonzalez is old. He was retired as of a yeah, couple old, months ago. He's like fine wine. He's always in the top five at, at tight end. And as you know, when when the skills go, they go fast. They go overnight. It's not like you see a, a, a hmm, he's not as good as it. No, no. They just were good one day, and then the next season they go out on the field. They're, they're zeros. Antonio Tony, Gates. Antonio Gates is that. Tony Gonzalez might be that. He was retired like I say, a couple of months ago. Who knows what you're going to get out of a guy like that. Jason Witten is long in the tooth. Point is, but consistent. the one guy, I love Vernon Davis too, especially Michael Crabtree's out. You, you figure always his always tar- love Vernon Davis. Well, you and are guess what? If fantasy, guy. if fantasy football extended into the playoffs, <laughs> I would be yeah, great. Yeah, then he'd be great. But either way. Vernon Davis, I, I, number fifteen in fantasy points among tight ends. That's year. ridiculous. I know. I can't. I don't. I have no apologize. Well, well remember, I should apologize for pushing him so hard. There was like a seven or eight week stretch where he just disappeared off the face of the earth. Well, I'll tell you what that was about. He was being dropped in a lot. What of What was fascinating was, and that's the next subject we have to get to, is Colin Kaepernick. But Jimmy Graham is my point. Jimmy Graham is a guy based on the the uh, rarity of a dependable tight end, and it's a position that almost every fantasy league now uses, isn't Jimmy Graham worth, at worst, a late second-round pick? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I might so. take him at the end. If I'm in a 12-team league, I will seriously consider second him at the or, end of the first second round. Second or third round, for sure. Third round's probably more my taste. I don't like to take a tight end that early, but that's where he's going to go. But what if you – but, I mean, aren't you now, by by getting Jimmy Graham, aren't you distancing yourself at that position from everybody else in the league? No doubt, but when you go after that position so early, you could end up hurting yourself at another position. All right, Colin Cap, Don't do that, you say. Listen, Jason Witten's coming off the board in the seventh or eighth round, and, like, I'm a guy who really likes Dennis Pitta this season. 
I'll go after him if I'm going to really wait on a tight end until the later rounds. Vernon Davis is going in the middle to late rounds, past round eight or nine. Gonzalez is even going somewhere in round six, seven, eight. Aaron Hernandez, who it's hard not to like the guy with his upside. He's always hurt. But he's someone you can probably grab between round five and round seven, somewhere in that area. I wait. Again, guys, it's all about running backs and wide receivers for me in the early rounds, and I'm not going to be strained from that strategy. Have you looked at it? Who do you have? Let's assume 12-team league, Mm -hmm. so that's 24 running backs, and of course, it's always wise. You can't have enough of those guys. You can't have enough running backs. Don't just get the so-called handcuff, the backup running back on the real football team. I'm not as much for that. I want to have... I would rather have range. Give me, I'd like to have Darren Sproles, and I'll take a shot on Ryan Matthews, and I'll take uh, Levy and Bell of the Steel. I, I want to have guys that are, at, uh, uh, in week one, they are the feature back of yeah, their team, well, and then whoever to... emerges, is then that'll be my start. Yeah. I don't want that waiting for, oh, if the guy gets hurt, then I'll... It all depends on who we're talking about. If you're in the last three rounds of a draft, and Darren McFadden is your two, then taking Marcel Reese isn't a bad idea. If the other running backs who are comparable in terms of value are, say, Bernard Pierce or Joe Randall or someone like Mm -hmm. that, then I'll go ahead and do it. One of my leagues, I did draft Darren McFadden, and my sixth running back in that league, because the rosters are deep, uh, was Reese, because I'm just worried that that McFadden's going to be hurt again. So I agree with your point. If you can be in a league where you can get four starting running backs and maybe a fifth guy who's... D'Angelo Williams, say, for example, then that's great. But but as your fourth or your fifth, D'Angelo Williams, not as bad. You don't want him starting. But if you're in a league where running backs are going and there's not a lot of upside out there, you can't take a shot on uh, a younger guy like a Jonathan Franklin, well then secure that second back when you have a running back who is brittle, who is almost guaranteed to miss in time. And again, the name Darren McFadden comes right to mind. Colin Kaepernick, like I say, here's mm-hmm. the here's the problem with him. I forecast big things again for him. I think most people do. Something we've talked about pretty much every podcast since the season ended. Are the defensive coordinators of the NFL going to solve the spread option? If they do, then a lot of the guys like RG3 are, aren't going to have a ton of value. Neither is Colin Kaepernick. Here's the real problem, though. If you look at Michael Crabtree's numbers, he takes off and Colin Kaepernick leans on him heavily. What happened to Vernon Davis? Colin Kaepernick did not look at him for a long stretch in from the time he took over there. Michael Crabtree was to say, do you feel like Kaepernick is in is in real trouble, or do you think that offensive line is so good, Frank Gore is good, there are so many weapons still there that he should still... Where, 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 basically, where do you rank Kaepernick without Crabtree this year? I, I wouldn't say real trouble. I definitely lost a little bit of my steam when it came to backing Kaepernick when he lost Michael Crabtree. But the fact of the matter is, uh, Adam and I talked about this on NFL AM, the, the ability of a quarterback to run the football is so unbelievably huge mm-hmm. in fantasy football. And I always go back to the example of Tim Tebow, who was not the most accurate quarterback in the world, and that's an understatement. And he was still a viable starting quarterback from a fantasy perspective because he gave you 67 yards rushing and possibly that touchdown. Kaepernick, to me, guys, and, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, I think he can rush for eight or 900 yards. Easy in that offense, especially now that Crabtree's out of the mix. It just depends how much they're going to run the ball even more. I agree, and the thing people ignore Vernon Davis as an inline blocker, and people forget that that's you know outside of Aaron Hernandez and Dustin Keller and guys like that. That is still a part of the position, and he's one of the better guys at doing that. And so he's always on the field, and that means good things for Kaepernick. But I, I again, the other thing you keep hearing about, you heard the Redskins say it a week or two ago. Our goal is to now keep this guy safe. They're not going to. They're not going to want Kaepernick running around all the time. I mean, I know he's a big guy, but he's you know he's built like Usain Bolt. You know, you would feel like you might break him. It's you know? part of that offense, though. I mean, uh, the, I agree. The I don't off, know what you do. It's it's, it's unstoppable offense. when he's running, but he also takes a couple shots, remember and then what you're he doomed. Did, remember what he did to the Packers in the playoffs last season. I believe me. I, I I think the spread option is here to stay. But the one caveat to that is, is you know, are these guys going to get hurt? Are they going to get beaten up? Because is, I always point to the have it the other, you know, have it both ways. 
uh, to play Devil's Damashek. The thing I always say, pay, Peyton Manning missed the whole season from his neck. Tom Brady uh, had his knee and was mm-hmm. out the whole season. Roethlisberger's out every year for a couple of games. So, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, is that, it doesn't mean that because the guy doesn't run around doesn't mean you're, that he's not going right. to get hurt. So right. I, I kind of feel like I don't know what's going to be. Rank, how say you on Kaepernick? Where do you slot him among QBs this year? Well, I put him up against some of the other second-year starters, and I know that Kaepernick is going into his third year. But as a second-year starter, I compare him very favorably to Russell Wilson because I feel they both do a lot of the same things and do them very well. The difference with Wilson, though, is that he's getting a big-time playmaker in Percy Harvin. Kaepernick lost his with Crabtree, and that's where I make the big difference with those guys. So I still think that Kaepernick, he's a top-10 guy. I would probably take him ahead of Tony Romo, Matthew Stafford, some of those guys, just because of that mobility and the ability to run for touchdowns. But he's still behind the elite of the elite, the Drew Breeses, the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, those guys. Let's do, as the season approaches, we'll have to map it up backwards. I don't know if Black Tie's willing to squeeze this into his busy schedule, but see if you can do the math on this. As we lead up to the season, let's go division by division. And get Fabiano in here, and we'll break down each division and, and you know, who's the best within there. But but as a little preview to that. That's eight shows. That's eight weeks. I can do that. Well, we'll see. Well, that's time four time will tell if you can do it. That's four that's, He'll be gone for four of them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's going to get messy. <laughs> At least two in the next four weeks. But, yeah. All right. Carry on. Now, listen. Fabiano, AFC North QBs. We mm-hmm. got. I just mentioned Roethlisberger. Rank yep. those guys for me, because that seems like a position. A lot of attention paid to it from uh, you know since North. January. Well, listen, people love talking about I Todd guess. Haley. All sorts of news. Haley and Roethlisberger have met in the middle now. Then Flacco, of course, the most uh, is is now the richest QB. Or is, I don't know if he got jumped by Aaron Rodgers. I guess he did. But either way, he's a big name. Andy Dalton to me. I all, I keep saying that's the team. I don't know if you take the QB out of the mix, which I don't think they're going to allow this year. But let's say you did. I think the Bengals are the most talented team in the AFC mm-hmm, this year, mm-hmm. more so than the Broncos. And then who knows with Whedon? So you know. But I, I matter of fact, even there, you hear some stories. Josh Gordon saying, "Oh, the people, the league's going to be blown away by right. what we're doing." Yep. Rank those QBs. Dalton's one, Big Ben's two, uh, but it's close with Flacco. And for, I mean, obviously, is Brandon Whedon. I think the thing that people are going to be doing with Flacco is looking at what he did in the playoffs. He averaged 285 passing yards a game, had 11 touchdown passes, no interceptions, just fantastic. Uh, remember what he did in the regular season, though? He I know, but God don't you think... awful on the road. I think he scored 17 or more fantasy points on the road once all season long. All season long. Great in the in the postseason. Great when you need him to step up. Not good in fantasy. Is any of those, are, are, are any of the four guys, any of them a starting quarterback in fantasy? Matchup in based. 12, in 12, matchup in based. 12 team leagues. No, matchup based. And remember, Rank, Dalton last year, remember that stretch, Adam, that he had where he was really good, just putting up great numbers, and people were talking about, he, you got to start this guy, he's been so hot. And then he kind of took a dive down at the uh, at the end of the season and his numbers dropped pretty drastically. All right, a couple more things and we'll wrap it up. But mm-hmm. I think that Andy Dalton, again, A.J. Green, Jermaine Gresham, I think Sanu's going to have a good second year. I like Sanu. And now Tyler Eifert, who I, who I predict is going to haunt the Pittsburgh Steelers for the foreseeable future. That's who they should have taken, not Jarvis Jones at linebacker. They should have taken the big kid out of Notre Dame. And now they got the pass-catching running back there in, yes. uh, in Bernard. So, yeah, in With, Bernard. So. Yes, Giovanni Bernard, a very good offensive line. I, you know, Andy Dalton would have to just be Mark Sanchez-level stinkitude to not, <laughs> to not put up a decent number, right? He's got to sort of be in your top ten. It's not a matter of talent. It's about the numbers well, he's going to put up. How can he fail? But it's too deep as a position to put him in the top yeah. ten. You're going to put Romo behind Dalton? No. You're going to put Stafford behind Dalton? No. Uh, I, I've got Michael Vick ahead of Dalton only because... I want to see what happens with this offense, but I wouldn't draft Vic as a one either. He's a two. You put Eli Manning ahead of Dalton, I have Eli Manning ahead of Dalton too. So it's close. I think Dalton's more in that uh, 13, 14, 15 range at quarterback. And, and what's so absurd is that a quarterback like Tony Romo, who has finished in the top eight in fantasy points among quarterbacks in three of the last four years, is going in round eight, round nine. That just tells I, here's you the thing with how Romo. deep the position is. Dalton is going to be a guy who's going to be drafted somewhere in 10, 11, 12, somewhere like that. I'm never going to have Romo on my team again because here's why. 
the thing you can't have out of your QB is one week when he gives you 31 and the next week when he gives you eight. And that's what Romo does. He was you. a little bit inconsistent, but there was a point in the in the year in 2012 where he was ripping teams up. And he's got the easiest schedule based on fantasy hmm. points among quarterbacks this All season. Right. Let's wrap it up. couple of things I want to talk about. Well, okay, couple names. You give me some yeah. quick answers. Rookie who at his position will rank the highest. Per position? Yes. Well, I'm not talking against other rookies. I'm talking well, about if you think Geno Smith is going to be is going to have. I don't think you do think this, but if you think he's going to have an RG three type of season, oh, dear do, Lord, no. I know you don't think that. So, no, but I'm no, saying no, no, that no. as an example, if you think he's going to finish fourth among all QBs, then he would be your choice. I, I don't know that any uh, rookie quarterback is going to make a fantasy impact at all this season. Well, Geno Smith is. Don't listen, honestly. Just remember what's happened the last couple of years. I understand. You think Geno Smith and AJ EJ Manuel and those guys aren't going to be starting games? They're going. They should be. Geno sure. Smith will start from week one. They, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. But when you've got so many good quarterbacks in the league, you don't want him, right? You're not going to take him. Uh, all right. You know, you're not going to take him. So uh, running who, back right now, as things stand. Le'Veon Bell That's is going to be the highest scoring rookie running back. That team with Todd I Haley love, is going to pound that ball. That line I is love built. his skill set. It matches what is, is going to happen in that mm-hmm. offense under Haley. Catch the ball to the backfield. So right now, it's Le'Veon Bell. I think the wide receiver position, you'd be foolish not to say Tavon Austin and... That's exactly who I think it's going to be because Percy Harvin is going to be sort of uh, he's going to be modeled sort of after that Percy Harvin role. Mm-hmm. But I see Rank shaking his head. Here's the thing: in the last four years, only one wide receiver who was drafted first at his position uh, actually finished first in fantasy points that season. Can you guys name who that wide receiver is? Percy Harvin. Incorrect. The, uh, first Julio wide receiver Jones? taken in the draft. No who finished first in fantasy points among wide receivers as a rookie. So I, he was the highest scoring rookie at How could out. it not have been Julio Jones? Who? What rookie outdid him at wide receiver that year? What team were you just boasting about five seconds ago? The Pittsburgh Steelers? No. Mike Wallace? No. A.J. Green. A.J. Green. That's uh, the only one in the last four years. You had um, uh, Darius Hayward Bay. Who finished yeah. like a hundred something in fantasy points in his rookie year? Boy, that's he my deep sleeper. It. Can I tell you that Darius Hayward Bay? Circle that one. You, you talk Damashek. Damashek picks a couple out every year. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's right. Sometimes he's wrong. <laughs> but they're deep sleepers. Hey, they're rolls of the dice. And if you follow my deep sleepers, you'll be thanking me because if I'm get if I tell you Tim Tebow at the end of the round and you li- end of the draft and you listen to me two years ago, you probably did pretty well. Now, if you listen to me on John Baldwin last year, <laughs> it didn't work out as what, well. Is that's he even going to start for that team this season? Maybe not. But I, I did so. tell you. But I also did tell you. Uh, wait, who who was my other big one last? Last year, I did get one right last year. Anyway, but the point is, I like Levy and Bell. Yes. I do think he's going to be good. Yep. Um, but Darius Hayward Bay is, is Damashek, one of Damashek's deep sleepers this year. Gold star pick. So for, we know who you'll be targeting in the late rounds. Andrew Luck is going to make that guy look like I a first love round Andrew draft Luck this year. And don't act like DJ, D, uh, uh, Darius Hayward Bay. He had one good season. People choose to forget that Just he Just under 1,000 yards. All right. Yep. Last thing. Mm-hmm. Give me, uh, these are the two. Rank, I start with you. One great bargain or sleeper, however you want to quantify it, guy nobody's people are ignoring, and then one bust. Sleeper and for the whole thing, rookies, anybody? However you choose. We have a lot of time to get ready for fantasy. We'll skin this cat many different ways before we start drafting in August. I like Dennis Pitta. They're going to go to him a lot in the red zone. That was Anquan Bolden's role last Mm -hmm. year. It's a good pick. And so he's going to get all those opportunities. And he's going to fall in your draft. You know, everybody's going to pick Jimmy Graham. They're going to go Gronkowski. Even Aaron Hernandez will go in front of him. Vernon Davis. Somebody will fall. A brand name tight end like Vernon mm-hmm. Davis. Tony Gonzalez. Maybe even, not probably not Kyle Rudolph. But then you'll be able to get Dennis Pitolate. I like him a lot. As far as busts go, I really, I really want to get behind Freddie Morris. I really want to turn the page on Shanahanigans and all that stuff. And then... Shana Hannigan's rears its ugly head in the draft when they go after a couple of running backs at the end. They went after the Rutgers running back. Um, his name escapes me right now. But, you know, and then Alfred start- Morris shall not repeat the 1,700 yards. He had, Six, he had 1,613, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like that's, you know what? And that segment will be back for NFL Fantasy Live, which will be awesome. So. Be able to do that. Maybe I'm wishing for that. But I like mm-hmm. and I like Alfred Morris too. I don't want anything bad to happen to him, but 
I just feel with Shanahan there. We just can't trust him. Fabiano, how say you? Well, I, I don't know if these two are under the radar at all, but I love Lamar Miller. Easiest schedule based on fantasy points. It's a good one. Running I guarantee you that and if you went, if you walked the streets and said, "Hey, sure. you play fantasy football? Who's Lamar Miller?" I and bet you half the people you asked that to wouldn't look, have any idea. Look at the uh, look at the Dolphins, Miami, starting Florida. Back, by the way, look look at know. the Miami of Florida running backs who have come in and been fantasy studs uh, at the at the pro level. So I, I like Lamar Miller. I like Chris Ivory a lot too. He's going to be the nah. guy there, and he's got to stay healthy. I'm right. a little worried about his he's injuries. He's a small guy, but. I mean that dude. That dude can put up some numbers. I mean, he averaged over five yards a carry in New Orleans, and uh, he's going to be the guy. And, and think about this: better running back, just based on skill. Chris Ivory or Sean Green? Who do you think? Well, I know it's Sean easy. Sean Green to... finished fifteenth in fantasy points at running back last year. Chris I know. Ivory can't do I, that. I don't dislike Sean Green as much as the average Jets fan mm-hmm. dislikes him. I think he's actually. I think he got a, a raw deal a little bit. He had yeah. no QB. You know, it's a, that makes things tough on a running back, on any running back. Let alone, I don't think Sean Green is Adrian Peterson. Right. I, 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 if I had to choose to answer your question, I would take Sean Green. Okay. If I were starting yeah, a football I, I don't team. I agree. All right. Yeah, I like Ivory a little bit better. All right, so who's your, who's your bust? Uh, I mentioned uh, Greg Jennings, who, if you can get him as a three or a four, could do it. I wouldn't want him as a two, that's for sure. Uh, major downgrade there from, from Aaron Rodgers to Christian Ponder. And, you know, I, you you say that I always use stats and I'm into the numbers and everything. Something in my gut has me worried about Mike Wallace. It, it really does. He didn't have as good of a season last year, but Big Ben Roethlisberger throwing him the football and that vertical attack that Pittsburgh utilized uh, over the last couple of seasons. Now he's going to Miami with Ryan Tannehill, who we're all talking about as a deep sleeper, and for good reason. He's got a lot of great options there. Uh, you know, they added Dennis, uh, Dustin Keller and Brandon Gibson and a, potentially a good running game with Lamar Miller. But something about him in South Florida, I, I don't know. I, I just... I like his he's shooting I, his mouth off about, like, I like it better here. It's more of a... Yeah, of everybody's got a collegiate mentality. Yeah, that might be a problem, Mike Wallace, I, since you're <laughs> playing in pro football now. I you don't want them to have that. You want them to have a pro football before mentality. Before last year, Wallace was in the top 10 in fantasy points among wide receivers two straight years. I don't even I don't even know that he's in the top fifteen in twenty thirteen. I don't think he's a legit number one option no, because I mean, no. or at least he's not a top ten in in real talent. Like we've said before, the thing that distinguishes, let's say, but you know, Brandon Marshall and Calvin Johnson and AJ Green from Mike Wallace, even though statistically you can make a case in certain stretches that they're comparable. AJ Green, just use your eyeballs. He can't go up and get the ball. He doesn't, you know, you no, QBs can't throw a jump ball to him. Ryan mm-hmm. Tannehill in a tough spot can't throw the ball up the sideline and say, "Hey, Mike Wallace, go get this over a defender." He just doesn't have that in yeah. his skill set. Yeah. I agree with you. And well, you know, you say. In your gut, there is some statistical evidence to support that. We talk all the time about guys who leave the Patriots and guys who leave the Steelers. Those teams know they they draft for what their more than any other team for what their system uh, requires, and those guys don't necessarily translate. Very few you can count on one hand with both those teams guys that have left those two teams and been as successful in their next stop. So yeah. I think there's some merit behind that. All right, yeah. good stuff, Fabiano. Fun talking fantasy. And we're, you know, now we're less than three months away. We're about two months away. It's coming quick, Let's get going. Yeah, it's get your quick. sleep now, Fabiano. I'm going to need it. I'm going to need it. Rank and I have already been getting up early to do AM twice a week. So it's great that we've been talking fantasy this you know, this far into the into the offseason for, for several weeks and months now. And what is, so what is the answer? What is the fantasy football equivalent of the gold jacket that Pro Football Hall of Famers get? Did we decide that? I feel like we Adam addressed Adam Rank's it. belt. I like that belt. I want one of those wrestling championship belts. That's what I want. Forget the jacket. You're, you're going to have to earn it playing fantasy, though. Oh, and Fabiano, also, I saw you on Facebook posting pictures of you playing golf. You got to turn your hips, boy. You got that. that you're, that's where the power comes from, I man. Shot, I shot eighty, man. You did. I used to be a pretty good golfer. Yeah, I used to be pretty good. Eighty. Yeah. What was the par? I think it's seventy or seventy-one. It, it it's a little rinky-dink golf course there in Carson. Eighty right next that door. That ain't jive. I know it might right be next a, door might be a simple the, track, but that the, ain't the Goodyear blimp. Three birdies. I played with Corey Mummery and Daniel Sloshman. We're part of our uh, fantasy production team, the big boys who make NFL fantasy go. Ooh, I feel like I made a nice contribution. And then we'll wrap it up because Black Tie apparently has better things to do than listen to us talk anymore. So he's wrapping us up here. But <laughs> let me just say this to you quickly. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've I've uh, earned my keep in some small way with fantasy this year. I suggested 
to you and to the aforementioned Schlossman. Here's the here's a, a thing. This year, every year we put fantasy our team, our experts league, and everything else. Mm-hmm. This is online. This year we have a team run by America, and we call it America's team. And all through the year, people can vote on it. You'll keep putting polls up. Who should we start a quarterback this year, America? Hey, we're drafting right now. Hey, we need a second running back. Who should we take, America? You'll put up a poll of five or so names, and America will decide this, and they'll compete against us throughout the 2013 You'd fantasy have to season. Let a fan or fans run the team during the regular season That's after it. the draft is over. But I love the idea. That's We're it. actually going to have we'll do. a new feature called Fantasy Genius. It's going to be a Perfect. community. You guys are going to love it. I talked about it with you, uh, Dave, recently. Something to definitely keep your eye on here in the next few months. All right. So, Fabiano, we've said it all about fantasy football, but if you need to hear more, NFL.com slash fantasy. Fabiano and the rest of us rank and Elliot Harrison and me and Jason Smith. Is that, oh, and Marcus Grant, too. Yep. Yes, Marcus Grant, new to the mix now, who's as, about as knowledgeable as anybody out there, certainly more than me. And Akbar, everybody contributed to this fantasy kit. You'll see it. Lists upon lists upon lists to help get your head right for uh, for your draft coming up in the next couple months here. All right, Fabiano, a pleasure. At Michael, wait, well, how do you do your cockamamie Twitter? I, I told you I lost Michael Fabiano to some opera singer, so it's yeah. Michael underscore Fabiano. Ah, poor dear, I don't like that. All right, Sorry, so there bro. it is. You got that now. Thanks, Thanks guys. to uh, Hanzus for coming in there. Black tie, uh, you know, I was going to say good work, but I mean work. And, uh, up, yeah. and Rank, a pleasure to see you. Happy Memorial Day once again to everybody. We'll be back with another episode this week, including the Debate Club. Who do we have lined up, Black Tie? We have a good guest you mentioned, or a couple maybe. We might have a couple good Who? guests. Name Adam, one. Rank, Adam Rank was talking about him earlier. Who? Bill Burr. No, not Bill Burr. Shanahanigans, Freddie Morris, a.k.a. Alfred Morris. Oh. He might be on. Terrific. He also might I, have. I dip. changed my mind. I don't think he's going to be a bust. He's delightful Such for Alfred that. Morris. I like yapping. I've talked to him once or twice before on whatever stuff, on fantasy was, stuff. Yeah, and everything. The, I've interviewed him on the show. He's great. Nice fella, yeah. Yep. All right, so cool. That'd be fun. The kid Might have him. Dennis Pitter as well. Uh-oh. And uh, just quickly wrap the show. Uh, we had the M- Maurice poll last week. Oh, yeah. For the DDFP one fifty. Yeah, we had Maurice Jones-Drew who found that himself poll. in a little bit of trouble. He won that poll, but he's not necessarily winning right now. Like yeah, we asked him who was how he ranks himself among all-time great Maurice's, and he said uh, he didn't rank himself. He was too modest. The correct answer is Maurice Rocket Richard. But anyway, but all right, so America voted, and they say MJD is the man. Um, so that's a that's a nice little consolation prize given his troubles uh, well, this week. People are, right. people are having whispers about the DDFP curse. I don't know. I don't know if you guys Ooh. have heard this. I would. I, I don't mind. I, I I wouldn't shy from it. I'm not going to deny that it exists. Like most people, oh, cockamamie, not. No, no. I say I I kind of like it in that way because wouldn't it be nice? And we just know for the teams that we root for, we can't have those guys on the show, and instead we go after their arch rivals and we watch. Them I mean, fall. we had it's, Steve you know, Smith sign sign the wall here. Studio 66, and look at how the Panther season ended up. Yes, the real mm-hmm. curse of all this is when they said, meet your new producer. His name is Black Tie. <laughs> Poor and, Black Tie. And you, know, and you notice with all the Ravens we had on the show last year, we really, we really ruined their year. <laughs> no, it's after the fact. We're front runners, so we got them after they won the Super Bowl to embrace. Hey, see, that look, we're, we're winners. All right, anyway. And then they lost all their players. So. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, all right, we'll be back, uh, like I say, with another episode for you. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all new, all hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. 
And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 